Welcome to the Second Success Podcast by Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. Getting clear on the mindset for repeatable success. Hello and welcome to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. I have a real treat in store for all the listeners today. I have a good friend of mine, Jade Scipioni, as a guest. Now, she is a seasoned journalist and broadcaster. So, uh, And the reason it's a pleasure to have her on is she has interviewed some of the most amazing um, personalities out there, celebrities, sports people, CEOs, uh, coaches as well, and authors and psychologists. So to be honest, anytime I speak to her, I'm always fanboying because she always tells me who she has just been interviewing. In fact, one time I told her about my favourite author and within two weeks, I think she had an interview lined up with him. I was, I was very impressed, I must admit. But one thing it showed me is that she's a real go-getter and I, I think you're going to get that from when you hear her speak. So it's been an enjoyable week. Uh, the highlight has been that I actually got out this week and met up with some friends. It was uh, absolutely wonderful. You know, since we first locked down uh, last December, uh, it's the first time I've gone out and met a group of friends. So to be out in company... You know, to be able to talk with others, uh, you know, about business, about life, not just over Zoom, but to do it in person was absolutely fantastic. And I must admit, I'm looking forward to doing more of it. And in fact, as I record this, uh, it's a Saturday and tomorrow morning I'm looking forward to getting out because I will be heading out to uh, an event run by uh, 96 Club, classic cars in central London. So that'll be interesting. Again, catching up with some friends and we'll also get to see some lovely cars too. I'll uh, tell you how that goes in uh, maybe next week's podcast and give you a bit of an update regards it. So on to today's guest. Jade Scipioni, based in New York, is currently a senior reporter for CNBC Make It where she works on in-depth profiles on top CEOs, celebrities and athletes. Top interviews include Whole Foods CEO Dwayne Johnson, Cameron Diaz, Shaquille O'Neal and Serena Williams. During her career, she's covered various fields in journalism, both in front and behind the camera. Her journalism career began at Court TV covering courtroom trials. She still remembers getting her first major on-the-ground assignment as a rookie, the Anna Nicole Smith paternity case. The story took her on the road to Florida and the Bahamas for weeks. A few years later, Jade was recruited to CBS News' The Early Show, where she covered big stories like Captain Phillips, The Miracle on the Hudson, uh, Drew Peterson, the 2008 financial crisis and the presidential election. Jade's career has spanned from Bloomberg News to Fox Business to her current role at CNBC Make It. Let's hear how Jade takes inspiration from all those she works with and giving 110% in everything she does matters most. Hello, Jade, and welcome to the Second Success Podcast. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. I must admit, I've been wanting to get you on for a while. We've known each other for about a year now, I think. And uh, we kind of engaged with each other at the height of COVID, I think. Yeah, no, I think I, I believe we met on LinkedIn. That's right. That's right. In fact, I think I'd come across one of your articles uh, that you'd uh, written. I was quite fascinated by it and I, I found it quite relevant at the time and I'd uh, reposted it out onto LinkedIn. I think I tagged you in. and I think that's how I, our cr- uh, paths crossed at the time. So and I'm glad they did. Yeah, no, me too. And I, I think I believe I reached out too because, uh, yeah. You know, with my line of work, like I'm fascinated by the world of coaching and mm-hmm. um, things like that. So it was great 
it's yep, great I'm, getting to know you. Yeah, well, I must admit, as I've got to know you over the year, it's, um, you know, I've, and I've mentioned this to you numerous times, I just fanboy over the fact of the kind of people that you manage to speak to, have spoken to. I mean, a lot of them are my favourite, let's say, authors, psychologists, CEOs. So, uh, you know, I think it's amazing what you do. And you know what, it's not often I feel a little bit nervous when I come to interview my guests, but I, th I would say uh, there was a little bit of trepidation because, you know, uh, I'm on the other side of what you would normally be doing. So I'm kind of interviewing the expert, let's say. Oh, I'm far. I'm Trust me, I'm far from the expert. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I just I've been doing this for a long time, but I still I still get nervous. I still, um, you know, overthink things and then you know, but then you just got to You just have to have your own style and um, mm -hmm. do you essentially is yeah. what I've learned. I, that's quite I mean, you've said something really key there. And I say this to a lot of people um, had my friend Sanjay Jogi on who's a, a you know, is a renowned photographer, award winning. And we talked about imposter syndrome, actually. And he says he still gets nervous uh, when he goes to do shoots. But I think do you think that's because you care? Or what, do you, what, what do you think it is? I mean, is it imposter syndrome with yourself or how do you overcome it? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I I just had Ray Dalio uh, about a week or two ago. And a week before that, I had Patrick Mahomes, who mm. some could say is like in the U.S. is the most um, talked about athlete, you know, has the biggest contract. Mm. Um, yeah, I do. You know, there are times where people are, you know, you're kind of like, wow, am I really am I really talking to Patrick Mahomes? And he's only given a few interviews and he doesn't really talk. And then you're with someone like Ray Dalio, who's a legend, who, you know, asking him a business question, you, you think, oh, my God, he's going to be like, think I'm going to I'm silly or I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think that ever goes away. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that you, you know, you don't feel like you belong to talk to them because like I honestly do mm -hmm. or I wouldn't be getting the people that I get um, yeah. I do believe I have my own style and I try to ask them questions um, you know I always think of the people you know the people behind me like what questions real people really want to know about their stories yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah I think I I do care so much that it gets into my head and I overthink everything. And I just wanted to be the best, most compelling interview. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, I, that doesn't go away. And I, I, frankly, I don't want it to go away. I'm sitting here. And as you've been saying that, I'm thinking the same because I'm, like I said, you know, your day-to-day -day job is asking questions. Now, here's me as an amateur sitting on the other side of it, wanting to ask you questions and thinking to myself, am I going to be able to ask good questions? Is she going to think that's a stupid question? Honestly, these are the kind of thoughts that go through my head. But then I think to myself, well, actually, and, and this is ev ev with everything. I think it's my natural curiosity that then gets me through. I'm genuinely curious, wanting to know about the people on the other side. And sometimes I think, well, actually, if I ask them the kind of questions I want the answers to, maybe the other listener, people that are going to be listening in will also be interested. So that's kind of what gets me through it. Oh, my gosh, 100 um, percent. You know, I think especially as journalists, um, you know, there's this pressure of kind of, of trying to kind of like nab the subject or get this explosive headline mm. or um you know just get something big out of them so everyone reads your articles or watches mm -hmm. your video um but I've totally kind of um moved away from that I I just I literally 
I try to just study the subject and um, take the most compelling thing away from them. And, you know, you know, just bringing up Ray and Patrick Mahomes again is, mm. you know, their stories are inspiring of what mm. they were able to create. And, you know, now I focus on success and, you know, how they did it. And yeah. um, for, for other people, because, you know, right now, especially during COVID, a lot of people um, are reinventing themselves, starting oh. over. Um, and instead of getting a headline out of Ray about, um, you know, the, the next big financial investment move or, um, you know, Patrick about, you know, something about Tom Brady and losing mm. the Super Bowl. It's more of like, what can you teach us yeah. uh, about getting to the levels where we want to be our goals? Yep. Um, because successful people, there is a formula. Uh, everyone's is different, but um, I, I want it right now. I'm, I'm like doing aspirational aspirational journalism where uh, I want people to take something away from the interviews I do and apply it to their own lives. Yeah, I, I get you. Uh, and, and to be honest, it's, it's, it's the reason I started this podcast. You know, I'm bringing successful people onto this podcast and, you know, and we don't talk about the success as such, you know, I don't, you know, and the one thing I know I'm conscious of and uh, what I won't be doing if anybody's listening and I'm not going to be asking about your, the amazing guests that you've interviewed, because that's not the point. The point is, is how did you attain, attain your success? What are the challenges you went through to get, you, you know, what, to get to where you are now? Because hopefully people are going to take inspiration from that. You know, there's going to be budding journalists out there, other people in different industries that can take the, your insights and apply them to themselves. And I think that's really key. Yeah. I mean, to, to be honest, you know, and, uh, I oftentimes have to look back on my career and look at everything that, you know, I've accomplished just to remind myself how far I've come because, mm -hmm. um, for me personally, there's just days where I feel like I should be farther along. I should, I should be doing this. Um, mm -hmm. what I'm doing now is not good enough. And I think a lot of people feel that way. So, you know, I try to look back and reflect on my journey and starting now and just, you know, yeah jumping around and figuring things out. And I think the key for me is, um, you know, coming from a small town in Pennsylvania to, you know, sitting down face to face with, you know, Martha Stewart and all these, these big names and yeah. getting that one-on-one -on -one time. Um, for me, I just tried different things. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of times in your careers, you, you start, you know, you get your, your feet wet in something and mm -hmm. then they want to um, classify you as this and that. Um, but it's important to move around, try different things, take risks, especially earlier or later in life. Because um, I think people fall under the trap of, I have to stick with this. Um, I can't become that. Like yeah. I moved from a producer to a reporter um, to being on camera. Mm -hmm. um, and for a lot of people, that's a, a, you know, it's a hard jump to do, but if you really want it, you just yeah. have to kind of make moves and, you know, step down to step, or I would say step across to um, step up. Okay. Um, so, you know, I've made, if, any, if you want to look at my resume, you'll say this girl's worked at every network. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I mean, I, that's the one thing I was going to say that you have covered a lot a lot of different networks in different areas in media as well and I guess looking at that 
And like you said, you've got to take the opportunities and push yourself. A lot of my guests have talked about having great mentors. Has that been your case as well, where you've been, you know, there's been aspirational people that you've followed or you've had mentors that are able to guide you in terms of your structure of your career or how's it happened for you? You know, that it, that's interesting because, you know, as I interview CEOs and influential people, I often ask about mentors. Mm. And frankly, I'm not saying um, I didn't have many, but I didn't have um, a lot. And I didn't have one staple one that helped me uh, mm -hmm. along the way. There were some managers when I was at um, networks, like my first boss at Core TV. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> he was influential to, um, for me because, you know, my first story, six months into, I was a production assistant, you know, I was just trying to understand television. They sent me to Anna Nicole Smith. Um, in Florida yeah. and then the Bahamas. And I literally, it was a huge story. I was on the ground. I had no idea, but um, I learned to get competitive yeah. and I learned to dig for information, get sources. Uh, and I, I really delivered on that story. And then that led to other opportunities. Yeah. And um, then I, I got recruited to CBS News where I really, I really became a journalist. Like that's real journalism, what I did there. And okay. um, then, you know, I had managers that helped me along. And when I didn't have managers, because there's going to be some jobs where um, you might not necessarily get along with your boss or mm -hmm. they're not going to want to push you around. You know, I pushed myself. Yeah. Um, I think it was an inner thing where I kept, um, I just kept trying for something new. And I, it was my own determination that got me to the next right. steps and is what I'm continuing. I'm continuing to do to keep getting myself um, moving along. No, but course. yeah, I wish I had more. I wish I had um, a lot more mentors, but. Mm. Um, so um, the one thing I found is that I guess, you know, I've had mentors throughout my career. I don't really have anybody that I would call a mentor. Um, right now but what i do find is opportunities like this so the guests that i have the people that i have in my network who you know some are hugely successful different and and then they're completely different careers to mine that are in different industries however i find that very inspirational and i'm able to take guidance from that i'm able to take inspiration from that and i do ask them questions you know, they don't know anything about coaching or the coaching business, but what they do know about is sales, marketing, business in general. So they're able to help me. And I find that very useful. So in, I guess, your approach to interviewing all these people that have had huge successes, do you kind of take a lot of that in subliminally and kind of just apply it unconsciously in your life? Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. I don't think there's a person that I haven't learned from, um, in every interview, whether it's, you know, big mm. names to everyday people. Like I've interviewed a lot of um, everyday people, you know, mm. through stories that got, you know, a lot of times they got mixed up in things they shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, and they were, you know, under this media umbrella. Um, but a hundred percent, I, you know, I often journal about the things that um, I learn. And obviously, you know, we both share a passion for books. So um <clears throat> For people I don't get to interview, like reading books of people and their journeys is um, is where I get a lot of my aspiration from. And um, but yeah, hundred percent. Like 
we all have different stories, but we all have the same stories in, mm-hmm. in a way where um, it's always, we're, everyone's always battling the same things, yeah. you know, like fear of, you know, failure um, and, you know, like jealousy in the workplace and like, you know, just not um, feeling that they can do anything. But, you know, most of the time, it's just the people who um, go out there and go for it and just try and do it. Instead yep. of just thinking about it are what separates um, people. You know, Martha Stewart, I asked her like a few months ago um, about COVID and people reinventing themselves, what advice um, she has for people and how she did it. And um, that's what she told me. She says, try. She's like, yep. you just got to try and um, put yourself out there and do things. And yep. she's like, that's the separator. And that it really, truly, simply is um, the main thing that I find mm-hmm. that separates people from their goals is, you know, you try a little and then you you revert back to safety zone. Of course, you just got to keep going. And, and to, to be honest, as, as I'm listening to you there, it kind of makes me think, you know, am I doing this podcast really for the reasons I say I do, and that's to you know bring great guests on so that my listeners can get inspiration. Or actually, am I doing it for myself? Is it a cathartic approach for me to get inspiration in some way, which I do feel that I get because every time I've interviewed a guest, I feel inspired, I feel motivated. It's kind of what my coaching clients say to me after they've been speaking with me. So in a way, I'm thinking you must be getting that as well. Like, like I said, you know, you, you've already mentioned some names there. You, you, it must give you such a great feeling when you, when you're able to spend time with these wonderful people. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, you know, often, and you know what I realized that, um, you know, we, I think a lot of times we hold celebrities or, um, influential people to this high regard. Mm. Um, and it's, and that, you know, they're just, um, you know, better than us or, um, have better contacts and this and that, but, you know, a lot of times they're, they're, they're just like you and me. Like, I can't tell you how many times people have messaged me after an interview saying, Hey, was that good? (laughs) Um, was I good? And it's just like, you know, like pro players and things like that. Like, um, and I'm always shocked that they have this same kind of fears that, uh, we all have, you know, was mm-hmm. I good? Cause that's what I, I mean, I think about it every interview. I'm like, I wonder what, um, they thought of me or did they think yeah. it was good? I mean, I don't ask, but I think about that, but they think about it too. And, mm. um, just because they have a lot of followers or lots of money doesn't mean that they also don't continue, continue to struggle with, um, Oh, yeah, of course. What we struggle with, you know what I mean? And, you know, I asked Patrick Mahomes and I'm bringing up these interviews just because I recently had it. But uh, I asked him what the biggest misconception people have about him. Um, And he's like that. I don't fail, fail. Mm. People think that life is just a success, that I never mess up or have down days. Um, He's like, I struggle with it just like everybody else. Of course. Um, You know, I make bad investment moves or, you know, Mm -hmm. you feel off just like. Um, everybody else feels off. So we're, we're all kind of the same in that mm, exactly. aspect. I, I must admit, this is the one thing, you know, living in London, um, you know, pre-COVID, let's say when you could get out and about, you'd, you'd see 
you know, celebrities out and about. The one thing I was always conscious of is understanding that these are people in the public eye, but you would always see people that want a photo with them or want to go and speak to them. But the one thing I always held back, and the reason being is I always used to think they're still human beings in the end. You know what? They probably just want to be left alone. They probably just want to do their own thing. And I would always leave it at that because that's it. People do hold a lot of these people up in higher regard, but in the end, they're just human, aren't they? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, they, it's, um, I think sometimes people are, are, are chasing something that um, they necessarily don't really, really want, or it's not going to really make them happy. And other celebrities have talked about this before. Like um, Jim Carrey has always said, I wish everyone could um, be a Hollywood uh, movie star and make mm -hmm multiple millions of dollars and just see how it doesn't fulfill you. You know yeah. what I mean? Or mm -hmm. um, just because it's, that's not what um, we should be pursuing. And I, you know, I can't speak for, you know, all these executives and um, celebrities and athletes, but um, I think we all are trying to figure out what our own happiness is. And um when you 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 think success and you know being a, a well-known figure is going to give you that, but it's not necessarily true. No, understandable. Oh, okay, I'm going to put that question to you, Jade. Look, you in a way have got achieved a lot of success, especially in the role that you're doing and the people that you're able to meet. And you know, anybody else would consider you a celebrity of sorts as well. I don't know about that. <laughs> no, no, you know, you got to look at it from the other side. Um, so, you know, there's people that would look at you and be inspired by you. However, you know, you're just doing it. It's your job. It's what you enjoy. But what really brings you happiness then? Um, you know, I, you know, what brings me happiness is um, promoting change or getting people to um, think differently or um, bring awareness to an issue or a problem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I used to report on, you know, you know, problems with the, you know, food and climate change. Like, um, I like change. I like creating change and promoting change mm. and, uh, being like, you know, I just find that so powerful. Um, you know, and I hope people, you know, if they read a story, it can help them, um, in their own lives. Like, you know, today I just finished a story about for mental health awareness about a CEO's journey mm -hmm. uh, with his own mental health issues. And he really opened up. I mean, wow. CEOs don't do this and mm. talk about his journey and what he experienced and how he handled it. Because um, I think a lot of people right now are experiencing things that, um, you know, have creeped up during COVID that they don't know how to handle, they don't know how to um, find help. Um, so for me, like, you know, I wanna be like a change maker. I wanna help the world become a better place. And I, I wanna do stories that can positively, positively impact people's lives. That's what gets me excited. Getting into journalism when you did, is that something that you always wanted to do? Um, yeah, 100%. I, well, not, I mean, at first, in high school, you know, I, I moved to New York because I wanted to be an MTV VJ. Um, like I was like into, you know, I used to watch it 
and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then I realized like, you know, I wasn't a big music buff and I, I wasn't um, really into it. Um, it was just kind of like this idea of like, oh, being in New York, working at MTV. Yeah. I actually was Carson Daly's intern um, for the last call at, at, when he was had a show on NBC. Um, but I, you know, I just, you know, started trying things. Then I worked at Lifetime. I worked at um, Hearst Magazine. I just kept bouncing around to see what really sparked mm-hmm. my interest. Okay. But it wasn't until I landed at... Um, court tv when i was really um digging into big courtroom cases and really investigating and um trying to trying to discover the truth i think seeking the truth is like a big motivator for me um and that's what um i love solving a problem and trying to get justice but yeah journalism has always kind of been what i'm about I love it because also I can't commit to one thing. The thing about journalism is you can, any day you can be someone different. You can be a mental health expert. You can cover this courtroom case. You can um, interview a celebrity. You can go from like every topic is um, fair game. You know, all the positive stories that you do, you know, the, all the affirmations, the inspirations that you get. But I guess the flip side of that is that you must cover a lot of negative stuff as well. How, how does that impact you? You know, I used to cover like hard news. And obviously, if I was not when at CBS News, if I was knocking on your door, you weren't having a great day. At Core <laughs> TV, if I was knocking on your door, it was like the most trying times of your life. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that that's hard. I mean, mm. to, to know someone's going through the worst situation and you have to approach them and ask them, they want to comment or talk to the media. I mean, that just, that's just the, the worst feeling, but, um, and, you know, especially during COVID, I mean, every day it just sounds every, we were all fearful. Like, you know, is this, Mm. we didn't know what it was. And it was just like, all these numbers are coming out. Um, so yeah, some days are, it it can be tough to cover, Mm. um, but, you know, I think it's important to do both sides of it. You know, you know, I just saw a good quote from Glenn Beck and it's not, I don't follow him or mm-hmm. um, I just came across it and I, I'm trying to, um, you know, I actually, I think I have it right here, but uh, hold on. What did, oh, he said, journalism is printing something that someone else does not want printed. <laughs> everything else is public relations and okay. this is like this is so true because i think mm-hmm. a lot of times in journalism you're falling under this trap of public relations and doing soft stories and working yeah. with pr teams um but he's absolutely right real journalism is is pursuing something that um that people that don't want printed, you know, yeah. whether it's about their company or mm-hmm. uh, about their story. So that gets tricky, but that's really true journalism because our job is to, you know, kind of um, regulate, but not, you know, regulate companies and people and influential yeah, people just to make sure they are, um, they're doing everything, they're doing everything right for the American yeah, people. Being and held like, to I account, think, I guess, you know, that they need yeah, to be held to account. Yeah. And a lot of that has been lost 
so, but that's what um, I like about journalism. And I understand sometimes people think the negative news, like, oh, it's Debbie Downer, but like, it, we have to just kind of inform you yeah. what's happening and you, how you internalize it is how, you, you know, you have to um, yeah. work on that, but that's the job is kind of letting you know what's out there. And I, and I guess this hits home because, you know, when COVID hit last year, it was all the news coverage was very negative and, you know, it impacted a lot of people's mental health, myself included. It was, you know, it was like, it wasn't good for me. So in the end, we had to start switching off the news and only watch it in bite size. But you're right. In the end, it's got to be reported. People do need to be informed. People do need to be made aware, but it's up to the individual how and when they consume it, I guess. That's exactly what um, I was saying. Like Mm. you can't, um, you can't internalize everything you read and think of it's going to happen to you. Um, mm-hmm. But you just have to be aware, just kind of like um, subconsciously, like understand what's like happening and um, just cool. so you can make your day better. That's that's the point of journalism. We give you information to help you make sure you make the right decisions exactly. every day. Yeah. So here we go. So what keeps you going? So what is it that keeps you pepped up? ready to tackle the day and gets you over some of the hurdles that you may face? Like I said, is this idea of um, bringing awareness to things Mm. and to, you know, really make change. You know what Mm. I mean? Like, you know, especially with where the world is right now, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm a big, you know, I think a lot about climate change and, you know, the future of the economy and like, you know, especially with COVID, like, you know, is there going to be a COVID 2.0 and when's it coming? So I think it's important to um, tell stories that help people understand how they can help make the world a better place and um, that we can get ourselves in the right uh, position to, um, you know, fight the challenges that are ahead. I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about. Um, And that's what, you know, for all the good and bad in journalism, like Mm -hmm. I know the job is, it's important. That's how people just learn. That's how we learn from each other. And and in terms of your own self-reflection, you mentioned you journaled. So do you find that as a practice has really benefited you? Yeah. I love looking back on my journals and just thinking about things that I thought uh, were you know, big issues in my life and, but they weren't, and just kind of just like how I've grown. Um, but yeah, I mean, some days I I do it more than others, but, um, journaling and just kind of, um, taking myself, you know, walking myself through my own journey of, um, every day and how I'm personally improving. I I think it's, I think journaling is so important because like you just, you realize how, um, much you've grown you know like my niece called me um the other day with you know typical you know young issues and (laughs) I just couldn't I couldn't imagine I'm like this isn't I'm like this doesn't matter but to her you know it's so it's it matters it's everything and I have to think about myself when I was you know you know 20 years ago like what mattered to me um Mm. and uh so that's why that, you know, and I know what I'm stressing about now, 
20 years from now is going to be like silliness. You know what I mean? So exactly. We, we do, we, I think we do stress and worry about things, but actually we figure out ways to overcome and we normalize behaviors and we get on with it in the end. And and that's bringing me to a point about, I always ask my guests, what are the three key mental attributes that have helped define their successes? I mean, what, what have you held on to over your time in journalism and broadcast? What are the three key attributes? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think they, they have changed. Okay. Um, You know, so I can't say I've held on to them, but now, you know, I, uh, I did this story about, um, you know, like maybe like four months ago uh, about the Tom Brady. He reads this book every year. It's called the four agreements. I'm sure you've read it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but recently they've helped me so much and, you know, especially the ones where you don't take things personally, um, in life and like, just because you, you think when, you know, someone says something to you or, um, someone doesn't like you or something that, um, you know, you're getting like bad energy from someone and, you know, I mean, a lot of times it's, um, you know, you, you take it as, oh, what am I doing wrong? Why don't they like me? But, you know, we all know kind of like where it stems from. It's that, that person's own, um, their own Mm self-reflection is like, that's why they're putting the negative energy to you. So if you kind of wipe that away and just don't take it personally and just kind of just, um, let it all slide. Um, just because, you know, that's where a lot of, a lot of heartache and anxiety come from is what people think about each other. And, um, cause you want everyone to, um, like you. So, you know, I don't take things personally and I'm still working on it. I'm not like hundred percent, um, there, trust me. Um, another one is just, you know, don't make assumptions. And cause like you always assume like, Oh, this person probably thinks this, this person, um, they're not doing, they're not calling me back. They don't want to, um, hang out or, you know, they, you, you create this own story in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just causes you so much grief and yeah. grief that's not needed. Of course. So when you just stop making assumptions and just kind of, um, let it go, um, yeah. I think is, I think has been key. Um, and you know, the other one that is, you know, always do your best. Yeah. You know, I think there are times when, um, you know, you don't feel like it, you don't feel like showing up. You don't Mm -hmm. feel like, uh, you just want to like hang out and just not like get the, the to-do list done, or you're just going to go through the motions at work and listen. I mean, at home, like we all struggle with that. There's days, um, I don't, I don't, I don't bring 110%. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, I miss the energy of people at, at work and, you know, getting dressed up and yeah. um, things like that. You know, it's, uh, I don't like to getting ready for zoom calls. Isn't like a um, thing that excites me, you know, but um, <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I always try to do my best because when you do your best every day and you you're moving forward and, um, pursuing your, your goals, that little inch does help. Of course. Um, Of course it does. So 
those are the three things like I literally try to think about every day. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I mean, and, and, you know, doing your best works for me. I mean, I, I'll give you my example just from today. I got up this morning. I was sitting on the end of my bed at around five past six this morning, knowing that I had a workout to do. I just wanted to go back to bed. I didn't have the energy, but you know what? It's a mindset thing. I just got up, got changed and I did the workout. Okay. Admittedly, I didn't, you know, I didn't do it to the capabilities that I know I can do, but the fact that I did it, I was more than happy because it was better than nothing, better than going back to bed. So, it, and I think that's where success comes down to, you know, taking it right back to the beginning of what you were saying. The difference from those people that achieve success and those that don't are the ones that just go ahead and do it. 100%. I agree. Um, Jade, I think that's a fantastic point to uh, finish off. And I wanted to say a huge, huge thank you once again. I know you're very busy. So, you know, for you to take out the time uh, to record this podcast with me, I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, it's my pleasure. I love the work that you do. Um, I think you're a great coach and um, I can't wait um, to listen to more of these. Brilliant. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. And that was Jade Scipioni, an absolute pleasure to be able to call her a friend. And I must admit, I do take inspiration from her. Uh, and as, as I mentioned before, uh, at the beginning of the podcast, she is a real go-getter. It just amazes me how she is able to go out and do what it is that she says she's going to do. So uh, I do take great inspiration. So this week, I want to leave you with a clip. And actually, it's a bit of a longer clip than usual from uh, Dead Poet Society. It's Robin Williams talking about seizing the day. Carpe diem. I hope you enjoy it. Now, Mr. Pitts. It's a rather unfortunate name. Mr. Pitts. <laughs> Where are you? Mr. Pitts, will you open your hymnal to page 542? Read the first stanza of the poem you find there. <coughs> to the virgins to make much of time? Yes. The one. <laughs> Somewhat appropriate, isn't it? Gather ye rosebuds while ye may, old time is still a-flying. And this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. Thank you, Mr. Pitts. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. The Latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem. Now, who knows what that means? Carpe diem. That ceased the day. Very good, Mr. Meeks. Meeks. Another unusual name. Seize the day. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Why does the writer use these lines? Because he's in a hurry. No. Ding. Thanks for playing anyway. Because we are food for worms, lads. Because believe it or not, each and every one of us in this room is one day going to stop breathing, turn cold, and die. I'd like you to step forward over here. Peruse some of the faces from the past. You've walked past them many times. I don't think you've really looked at them. They're not that different from you, are they? Same haircuts. Full of hormones, just like you. Invincible, just like you feel. The world is their oyster. They believe they're destined for great things, just like many of you. Their eyes are full of hope. Just like you. Did they wait until it was too late to make from their lives even one iota of what they were capable? Because you see, gentlemen, these boys are now fertilizing daffodils. But if you listen real close, 
You can hear them whisper their legacy to you. Go on, lean in. Listen. You hear it? Thank you for listening to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, The Clear Coach.